finally back to the cinema for one of us and the comfort of his living room for the other one. It is the Bennett Brothers podcast for the Marvel film Black Widow. And I'm Jerry Bennett. And I'm Joel Bennett. Thank you for joining us. We're finally getting this out to you guys. Hope you were able to watch the movie. Hope you enjoyed the movie or disliked it. We're going to talk a lot about... What's that? You said, I hope you enjoyed the movie or disliked it. It's like, I hope you disliked it. <laughs> well, I hope I hope you had some feeling either way. <laughs> if you're just indifferent, then, well, this, I don't know how exciting this podcast is going to be for you. But we're going to talk about the movie, spoil the heck out of it. We're going to talk about Easter eggs, comic connections, MCMU connections. That's I don't right. even know how you say it. MCU connections. It's pronounced DCFU. We're going to talk about, is it is it tied into Loki? No, no, it's not. No, it's not tied into Loki, so you don't have to worry about that. But we're going to talk about every other thing. Uh, I have some pretty big topics I want to discuss with this. But unlike, if you've listened to our podcast before on the Marvel movies, we normally don't get it as in-depth as we do with the television shows because we just don't have time to watch the movie multiple times and take notes. That being said, I have seen the movie twice. Saw it once in the theater. Great to be back in the theater. It was a nice, nice full... Theater. When I say full theater, I mean these are lounging, big recliners and all that. Like, you know, it's 20 people in the theater versus back in the day when you go to a theater. Oh, there's 300 because everyone's sitting right next to each other. But a nice nice size theater. Everyone was into the movie. It was very exciting to be a part of that experience again. I will always see a Marvel movie in the big theater the same way I will always see Inhumans on IMAX. I saw the movie in the theater, and then I did see it on Disney Plus about a week later, or or, or close to that. And I did enjoy it better the second time. <laughs> well, that's interesting. Okay, I, I enjoyed the movie, but before so you didn't we... like it the first time. No, 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 no. That's not. I I just didn't think about it as much the first time. I just enjoyed the experience of it. The second time, I had more of a chance to really absorb the film and see what I was looking at. And okay, so on a standard chart of 17 stars, where was it at the first time you saw it and then the second time? How many stars? 17 stars. I will I will chart this on a 24-star chart, which means <laughs> the MCU movies, and I will compare it to the other MCU movies. Are it you going to do the whole countdown? It is, it is uh, you know, middle-of-the-road MCU movie for me. Both times I watched it. Uh, it, it definitely is not one of the better MCU, but it's not one of the bad ones either. So it's it's really middle of the road for me. This is Ant-Man and the Wasp, middle of the road. Kind Does this of. have anything to do with that you don't like uh, female protagonist stars in movies? Yes, because that's okay, that's sorry. always been my stance. Is you get knocked down a peg when you're Ugh, Captain no, Marvel. This, Wonder, hey, that's true. Is, you did love Wonder Woman 1984. I forgot. Well, Jerry, what, what did? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was that's a bad movie. I know, but Wonder Woman is an amazing movie amazing that movie i've seen that movie numerous times and i could watch that movie again that movie kicks ass we'll start with you jerry what'd you think i enjoyed the film i watched it at home that was fine i i liked it i agree that it's not the best it's weird because i don't necessarily have to be Avengers Endgame. It doesn't necessarily have to be Guardians of the Galaxy because literally my favorite movie, well, it's, it's tough as they make so many of these movies and they're so good at it. As, as many as Avengers Endgame has so many incredible moments in it. I love The Winter Soldier. And that's one of the more spy, intense movies that's not so much a superpower movie. I just love that film. And this felt in that world. It felt in that storytelling ca- capability. It's a James Bondish kind of world. So I really liked it. It's not necessarily my favorite Marvel film. Not that we have to compare them, but we're doing it. Uh, I liked it. I'll watch it again. It's not perfect, but yeah, it's a really good film. You? 
my first thought with this movie after I got done watching it was, what's the point? What's the point? You know, it this this movie had it come out when it takes place after Civil War, I think it would have made a little bit more sense and it would have given maybe a little bit more gravitas to Natasha's death in Endgame. Because when it comes out now, it doesn't do anything potentially, for at least for Black Widow. It does introduce us to Yelena Belova uh, and in her story and moving forward. So that's good. So it's kind of like, 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 like doesn't the Star Wars really... prequels? It, what's that? It was like the Star Wars prequels since we already knew Darth Vader... No, because the Star Wars prequels prequels introduced a lot. I don't think this changed. I don't like Black Widow any more than I did before. But you got introduced to three new family member heroes. You did. So that's, you did. That's We're going to talk Jar about Jar. that. That's and I new... think that, I think that's interesting if they become important parts of the story. And I obviously, uh, Yelena is going to become a bigger part of the story as we saw from the end credits. But I don't think this movie did anything for Black Widow, at least coming out when it did. Had it come out after Civil War, maybe it might have had more of a impact for her death is this in response to like she doesn't move forward in a, as a character then is that what you're kind of feeling like she's at the, where she's at the beginning movie. to where she's at at the end yeah and no. does it add anything to her complexity of the next two films we see her in no i don't think i'm going to watch those next two films any differently than i did before. no okay so here okay that's fine i, I agree with all and all that so mm-hmm. Does that then fall in the fact that the movie doesn't have to do that it can just be a james bond film where bond you know, other than the latest Bond films, you know, one Bond film goes in another. It's not about building on it. It's about telling another adventure. Sure. So this is telling an adventure. So then consequently, does that speak to the movie itself saying it's not as great as you had hoped because you were very aware and you weren't caught up in the adventure of it and, and, and so engrossed in it that that didn't even matter that she didn't develop at all and the fact that she's already dead in the timeline theoretically and all that stuff unless she's a scroll yeah. she's a scroll yeah, that's good I, I don't i don't know i don't have the answer for that because obviously we live in a world and it came out the way it did in a world but i i think it, it could it, i think this film could have been better i do i think this film could have been better let me get to my uh my i'm gonna i'm gonna get to a bigger heavier subject real fast and then that's the last I'm going to kind of deal with it because I, I, I don't want this to be bogged down with the heavy thoughts. But this is my thought after watching it the second time. Jerry, what is the major crisis in this movie? If you were to like put down the theme, not the theme, but like the crisis down to a couple words, what is it? Well, if you're talking about the villain's motivation and what the villain is doing and what they have to stop, the villain is not fleshed out enough the not the the side villains the side action characters the the taskmaster the the, the character who is the right hand man of the villain those are fine yes but the fact that we're dealing with a villain that is not defined hurts this film the villain's motivation what i can remember from the villain's motivation was he's in you know you know it's not it's not the, it's not the russian government or it's not the soviet union so he's got this process he wants to not necessarily rule he wants to control and he wants credit for it now that's what he's going to do at the end is if he can if he can have a, a an avenger on him then he'll be able to come out from behind mm-hmm. the shadows and do what is he just is he just a old bond villain whose motivation is to rule the world okay well that was way more than a couple words it was <laughs> oh, no no that, that's a good point but but let me if i was to tell you that the major point of this movie 
is child trafficking. Would you agree with that? Uh, I, I guess. The problem is we don't really focus a lot of time on children other than about you know, a minute in the movie. When well, they're, they're, they're shipped in the, the cargo yeah, containers. I know. These are, you know, some, a bunch it, of them I die. I would agree with you more if at the end of the movie they had freed a cargo ship container full of children versus they freed a bunch of adults who were children, obviously, at mm-hmm. one point. So they didn't bring that back at the end of the movie other than some of the dialogue where the bad guy is saying, you know, women or girls don't matter that much. But then we're not really surrounded by children at any other point in the movie other than right at the beginning. And I will say that's a good – my my wife who watched it wishes wish there was more of that in the movie, her, more of her growing up, the ballet, the actual working in the room. She wished she would have seen more of that. And I, I mean, I, that would have been a cool, that would have been a cool movie as well if we would have seen more of that. But I would say that this over the the overarching umbrella of this movie is child trafficking is bad, and and I think we can all agree on that. <laughs> it's a it's a bad thing. Uh, it's no good. So this movie takes that awful awful thing that happens in the world and it puts it into an MCU film again. Which is which you can do that. You can absolutely do that. That is the big villain and all that. Had they have focused on that a little bit more and made the movie darker, not not visually darker, but like subject wise darker, because for a big Natasha, ten, ten film, it's yeah. it's a it's she was stolen from her mother, raised like a bunch of other kids who eventually died. Like this is a heavy, heavy movie, and it never comes across that way. It's more of a backdrop. And here, I, and, I'll, and this I, leads I me into because I'm going to. I don't want to talk about this too much because this is a very negative subject. But this then leads me to two of the other characters. So right, you have you have Elena who is brainwashed. Basically, she's actually really brainwashed and all that. You have Natasha who was brainwashed as a kid, but she was able to break out of it. And we saw over the course of all the MCU how she makes an impact and changes the world and goes for good. But we have two other characters. We have Alexei, the Red Guardian, who, let's be honest, is a monster. He has these two girls, and he's like, I'm so proud. You have so much red in your leisure. You were a child. You were the biggest child assassin. I'm so proud of you. And we laugh at that, but it's like, oh, no, he's a monster. This is a horrible human being. Because he's we, a soldier. He, but he's a soldier, yeah. He's doing but, what the government also, wants. If our Captain America had been designed but he raised differently two, than— But he raised two girls to be in that horrible situation where they had to kill people. He raised them only for three years, and he wasn't Three years, but he could have gotten them out of there. He that could have done something, job, to get him. He, you know. but but he's but I can I can say he's ignorant or he's a simpleton, and they talk about that how he's not the smartest. Are the person daughters monsters because they also killed? No, but they were brainwashed. Uh, they no, she, I mean she, you know, Natasha. Natasha I just told was you, Natasha it. has had a redemption arc over many movies to come back from where she was. Mm-hmm. She so, did but, awful I mean, we don't things. Know, we don't then, know his backstory when that movie gets made five, ten years from now. That, that he's been movie, brainwashed yeah, the whole time. That, that he's Winter Soldier. Did that he's you know that he's not going in it with a bloodlust. He's going in it because of you know the travesties. Well, of he war does he say saw you have and, a lot of red and, in your ledger, and I'm very proud of you. But that being said, he's not my problem. It's the mother that's the problem. Right, so we have we have we have Melina, uh, played by Rachel Weisz, who I didn't realize was from the Mummy, and I was like, oh, oh yeah. yeah, she's in the Mummy. It's great. Only she's the first great. two, she's replaced in third. She, the mother, who we find out has been cycled through the Red Room four times, so she's been brainwashed to that degree. But now she's an adult, and she's you know built this helicarrier. She supports Drakov and what he does. She's been doing all this, and then she finds out one of her daughters, what well, you know, quotes around that. 
she was brainwashed with the chemicals and she's like oh my god it happened it happened to my daughter what about all the other children like it was one of those moments where i'm like you're just as bad as Drakov. Yeah, you've turned on him at the end and because you just happened to have a daughter who but you would have kept doing that. You would have been you're a criminal. You're you're an accomplice to all these children's murders and kidnappings and all that. You were part of a genetic program. You were you were a part of this. So no matter I don't what think she she's does, had the redemption. She can't redeem. Well, no, she 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 has a long, long way to go for, for redemption, and I don't think they get they do that any justice. So the second time I watched it, I went, "Oh, these are like really bad people we're watching." Why didn't Natasha ever go back and save her younger sister, who she knew for three years? Well, she says that she thought after her she younger became, after she became an Avenger, and she and, said she thought the Red Room was done. And that her sister had gotten out and is living her life. But she somewhere. never went and checked. That her was her excuse. I don't. I don't buy it. She. So she's you know. a monster, according to you. No, who? You, because Natasha. She's, she's Natasha, a monster. No, she's, Natasha's had many movies as a redemption arc to become a good guy. She released the files on Hydra. No, she's helped it. save the world. Like she's. What if she had happened to kill, say, one? girl to do her job would that have made her oh no, that's a great question they they wrestle that this is finally dealing with budapest budapest no pest it's pest no. i trust black widow's way of saying it i i, I trust joe pesty the actor pesky yes <laughs> but that was my that was my big thought after watching the movie the second time was just how this movie deals in such an awful awful thing that happens in this world uh, so that, but again, like I said, I don't want to dwell on this because it, I'd rather talk about no, you know my the final, fun fighting scenes and things like that. <laughs> and my response to you on that regarding the, her backstory and everything is when they decided to make a movie uh, with this, and they're going to get Scarlett Johansson in there, and uh, two levels here. First, obviously, telling more and more of her childhood backstory, her teenage backstory, is less screen time with the actress that sure. we want to spend more time with. so And that's the whole point of the movie in some respects is that character. We want to do that to a certain degree. And just also, this is a character who has that backstory, but she has moved beyond it. And I do appreciate, personally, that this this, this is not a character who is defined by that part in her childhood. Who's not all... Like, the, like, in other words, I think that's a crutch that a lot of writers... And, and creators do is like, well, that's the moment. You know, Bruce Banner will always have to focus on the fact that his dad did this to him. So we're going to constantly tell this story. He's never going to grow past it. He's never going to go beyond it. What? And I like the fact that, that she didn't. Yeah, but that's Batman's whole thing. Yeah, Batman's. That's Superman's whole thing. And, and, and Natasha isn't that. She's, and I know she's Natasha moved. isn't, but this Superman, movie is. That's not his whole thing. He does not, Superman does not dwell on his planet all not his planet, Batman, but Batman. is raising is ra- being raised in Kansas. Yeah, that's fine. But that's that's not. He doesn't dwell on it. Boy, I think back to Kansas the way you, you would think. She goes, boy, I think back to the. But Red that, yeah, no, I agree. That's I the agree. foundation, and I agree with you. Yes. Batman is a perfect example of someone who never got beyond. That. Yeah, no, Natasha definitely is beyond so, that. So, yeah, but so this I'm movie isn't. Go this on, movie yeah. isn't. Yeah. Okay. So that, so that was I, I thought that was an interesting. I, I I thinking about the movie on a big scale like that was uh, fun. All right, so let's get back. Let's get into the movie a little bit here. Uh, well, let's not get into the movie. Let me get a little bit before the movie. This is not the first time we've seen the Red Room. We have actually seen the Red Room, not with Natasha, but in Agent Carter. When we saw Dottie, I believe was her name, we saw her being trained, and then she goes after. Did that come out before 
Age of Ultron, where we see that in her memories, where she sees herself on the cart, and she's a girl, and she kills that other child? I believe it came out beforehand. Age of, came out before Age of Ultron. Okay. I'd have to get my numbers, my, my timeline straight there. But we'll this wait. is, I, I, I like the idea that the Red Room's actually been around longer than Dracov. But again, is Agent Carter canon? Bleh. We don't know. <laughs> Even though one of the characters from that show did appear in the movie. So uh, I just want I wanted to talk about that. Now let's get into the movie. So the movie itself, we get to we go back to the big names and dates of the Captain Captain America uh, Winter Soldier, Winter Soldier, and Civil War, Civil War. Yes, we get to do that again. I always love that for some reason. I think it really didn't it, they do that nice. in Infinity War when they see the Guardians of the Galaxy are flying out there and we see the thing. Isn't that just the Russo brothers have done that? And it might be just the Russo brothers. I know in Endgame when they do the five years later. Yeah, it was all four, so no, it's no, four the, films. The, the five years later is actually like a, a No, but when they go thing. back to 2012, it hits the screen. Boom, New York, Yes, you're right. Yep, yep. So they're taking a Russo's brother, Russo brother thing here and they're putting it in this movie. So we have that opening scene where it takes place in the 80s. And you know it's the 80s because of the type of bowls they use, which... I still have those bowls at the house, Jerry. Sorry. I'm like, I'm like, oh my God, there's our bowls. Both of them. The white ones with the weird design on them and then the tan one. You got <laughs> DuckTales on TV? DuckTales on TV. DuckTales is now canon. Also, I don't know if you know this, but you probably do because you had in your notes, the actress who's playing young Natasha. I'm like, why does she look so familiar? It's like, it's Millie Jojanovich's daughter and she looks yes. just like her. She was in Resident Evil. The other daughter was actually in, in the, uh, the Haunting of Hill House. Yeah, she's been that that young that young lady has done a ton of stuff. And both they're both actresses. they're both phenomenal in this. I think they both do a great job. So, did you like the so this opening scene? You know, we get the plane. The they're they're cha- being chased by Shield. They're fly. The, you know, we get the, the plane Shield sequence. trucks actually have the old Shield logo on them. I love the scene when the Red Guardian flips over the... Yeah, it's so nonchalantly done, and yet it gets all of it across to us with just one car flip. We're like, oh, okay, that guy's got powers. Excellent. Yeah, he's a super Apparently, soldier. Apparently, the super soldier of some kind of formula did work for at least one person in Russia without making them go crazy like the other Winter Soldiers. Yeah, we went from Captain America being the only person as a super soldier to then Bucky, and then Hulk, we found out there Hulk. were more super soldiers that fought in World War II. Or I'm sorry, that fought. Bruce Banner's Hulk thing was based on the Super Soldier Serum and yeah. the Abomination, so it's all kind mm-hmm. of spreading out from that. But like they were, they were, they went wrong. They yes. went like right. There's been a bunch of them that that now have gone right. Uh, what was the name of the uh, individual from Falcon and the Winter Soldier who fought in the uh, Vietnam, Korea? Oh, Isaiah Tom. Isaiah, Tom. yes, yeah. Isaiah Bradley. So there's there's been a bunch more super soldiers out there, and they're going to keep introducing them as we go. And then we also had the, all the super soldiers that were in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yes. <laughs> so, so this is the opening sequence. I thought action was fantastic. I liked it. Yes. Good stuff. And then we go to like an opening montage, which I always love a good montage, right? So it's like all these images of what's happening in the world as time has progressed. Something I just wanted to point out from this montage, we find out we see Bill Clinton. And so that means Bill Clinton was president at some point. But at some point, we're going to deviate from that timeline, right? We have Bill Clinton. And then do we go into George uh, W. Bush or do we go into the president that we've seen from like Iron Man 3? Although that might be a little bit late. That's that's much later. But like when do we start deviating from the, the past? Didn't Winter Soldier kill Kennedy? 
Yes. Well, Winter Soldier. That, that, so that sticks with that sticks so with the so timeline. Yeah, they always do this. You have presidents across around, and then they come back and forth, and it does. It's best not to think about it. Oh no, I'm just curious because we obviously have a president and a vice president from Iron Man three, and the president, uh, President Ellis, is his name. We we had him in Agents of Shield, and you know wh- where where are we at in that? Like, when do we? Do they do that in comics, or is it always the president that is actually the president? Best not to think about it. Best not to think about it. For, for about eight years in comics, there was always clearly a black president, but the face was always in shadow. And that was like, oh, yeah, I think that is. You know, Sometimes it's President Luthor in another universe, and sometimes it's President Oscorp. You know, it's like it, it bounces around like mm-hmm. that. We get introduced to the Taskmaster. Who's the Taskmaster, Jerry, in the comics? Is a character who can mimic powers by by watching them and studying them, and that character's name is Anthony Masters, a former Shield agent turned assassin. First appeared in the Avengers comics. His name is Anthony Masters, and he's the Taskmaster. Yes, Anthony Masters. The Taskmasters <laughs> yes. is his last. Is his name Task Anthony Masters? <laughs> yes. His name is Master, and he's <laughs> yes. That's great. Uh, that's great. So we're watching Taskmaster look at the footage from Captain America: Civil War. The fight between but it's Hawkeye interesting and Black footage because it's or like Black satellite Panther. footage or drone footage. And uh, I was like, it's I actually don't... footage. I mean, it's back and forth. But yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, because I'm looking at a picture of it right now. So yeah, yeah. So I didn't know if that was a shot that they had from the movie or how they ended up, or they just computer generated something. But it was cool to see that. Like, oh, that satellite footage was looking down on the airport fight sequence. Interesting. So let's talk about that character in general. Sure. Because again, we're not going to go through this movie scene by scene. No, of course I hope not. not. Um, so obviously, this character is ran very different from the books if you will uh, different everything and there was some controversy outside of that now i'm not sure how i feel about that character because you know it's different and, and ironically at the end i realized like why did she look familiar like oh it's a bond girl she was in uh quantum of solace i didn't even recognize that do i think she was in this movie all the way through no i personally think there was a stuntman doing this stuff oh absolutely. i've heard people say oh no you can see there's a woman walking trying to look like a man i'm like mm, no, well, no no i look that like being a man. said it could have been a female stunt woman like <laughs> it could have been but yeah it, so i like the character they didn't do it justice to the book i'm okay with it i'm not gonna like i said not gonna die on this hill it doesn't really hold that much for me it, it's fine the character can come back uh yeah i'm okay with it i mean you know as far as as far as it is, I'm okay with it. Yeah, it's a it's a bland character. I mean, they, we they get the character gets more depth right at the end, but as far as a villain, it's a tough villain, I guess. I don't, you know, it's not it's it's a whiplash level, I think. Moonraker. Do you want to talk about Moonraker, Jerry? She's watching Moonraker in her little. It's a nice way of cabin. showing her she's you know, you know like spy movies. So I'm good with it. I'm not gonna talk about the movie. <laughs> I, I thought you wanted to talk about Moonraker. Moonraker five lift off. We have the, we have our bridge fight, uh, which I thought was was pretty good, but the CGI was a little a little wonky a couple times. Mm, I didn't see it, didn't notice it. I well, I noticed it in both times that I watched it. So I saw it on the big screen. I saw it there, and I was like, "Are you saying Gummy Blade?" I did see a little Gummy Taskmaster. Taskmaster. All right, so. I didn't see it, but I have to look. But but overall, I thought the fight. All, I thought all the fight scenes in this movie were. Okay. 
Yeah. We kind of skipped over something here, but something I did like, I could have used more of, was seeing Thunderbolt Ross in there played by William Hurt. Yes. Showing so, into thank us. you. Yeah. Great. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm going to skip over a bunch of stuff. So you, you but that's, pop you know, in when But you again, need you know, there is a question making of this film where, you know, how much do you put in of the bigger world just or just mention it? Just mention the big guy with the hammer and the guy with, you know, Captain America. Do you mention that? And how much do you pull in? And they obviously brought in Thunderbolt Ross. And I guess the outside of the movie, Kevin Feige said like, she doesn't need to have the boys with her. Doesn't have it. Like she can do her own movie. And mm-hmm. and I and here's there's a weird thing. People are like, oh, that's why she fights another woman at the end because the Taskmaster is a woman, which sounds nice because it's like, oh, look, a, a woman can also be the villain here. But also it does that situation like, oh, so she only can fight women or she, could she have fought a man? Are we doing the situation where it needs to be the Black Panther fights a version of the Black Panther and Ant-Man fights a version of the Ant-Man? So I don't know, you know, about that part of it. But I, I did enjoy, uh, like I said, with not only having uh, Thunderbolt Ross in there, but we do hear Hawkeye's voice. In the Budapest. Okay, I have that question. Scene. I was like, did they get Clint to do the voice for? That's him? what I've read. That's what I've heard. Obviously, we see his picture at the end. Mm-hmm. I didn't necessarily think it sounded like him, but everybody's saying it did. So I thought it could have been him, or it could have just been another agent. You know, I like the references in the fight with the is her sister, where they see the arrow marks in the wall. I thought that was mm-hmm. nice. That was, was really well done. Could they have done a little bit of flashback? Could they have had Hawkeye in that flashback? Absolutely, but. That's another de aging. That's another million dollars. So they <laughs> they have a uh, they're 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 fighting all these other black widows that are chasing them, right? And they do this thing where they hit the the tower and the one falls and ends up killing herself. But man, when you look down at her 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 lying on the ground and she's got that busted leg, ew. <laughs> I'm gonna that's gonna be a, a thread throughout this podcast is me going ew. <laughs> What'd you think of the de aging technology in the in the show? Do they de-age? Well, the entire Hooper film. Well, the, yeah, that 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 David that Harbor that was done twenty five. That's supposed to be twenty five years ago. Yes, Rachel Rice and David Harbor as the parents are completely de-aged. Yeah, now, I thought they again, just put she's a, a wig on woman. And she's a beautiful woman, and he's a, a striking man. So they didn't. So they're already handsome people. But yeah, they're both. It's so subtle you can't tell. But yeah, they're both younger. Huh, I didn't you, know you they look did at a picture of her digital. side by side. I was really aware of it later on. Yeah, when we when the mother shows back up at the pig farm, you're like, oh yeah, she's. She's, you know, a striking woman, but she's a striking woman in her mid to late 40s. So, that's well, a lot David Harbour, they just made look ugly. <laughs> like, let's throw the beard on him and the tattoos and mess up his teeth. But yeah, I guess also Natasha must have been in the Budapest scene. But you got me saying it now. God, Budapest. Budapest scene. Budapest. There's a T, there's an S, there's no Black H. Natasha, who's the spy who speaks like, she calls it Budapest. Her, her friend, who this I've is. I've read probably online that it's. I've heard both ways. It's kind of like saying yeah, uh, Mason. Japan, or it's it's like saying uh, you can call you can, whatever. What I read was you can. Call, it was somebody who's a linguistic saying you can call something by an, uh, the American or the I'm sorry the English pronunciation, even though in the country it might be slightly different. Japan, it's like how people Vinipong. call our home state of Illinois, who are not from here, nobody they call it Illinois. It. Nobody does that. People that don't live here call it Illinois all the time. It's crazy. Yeah, but I want to bring For up. For example, the, his, do they her. say Paris in France or do they say Perry? I think they say Perry. See, so are we supposed to say Perry? No, we're allowed to say Paris because that's the way the spelling is done mm-hmm. in this. So you can say Budapest. Budapest. Nope. <laughs> this is the argument from the movie where she has this argument with Mason. I don't really want to talk about this character, but is he a comic book character? 
her friend who yeah, gets her he, all the, he's, he's, her it, weird, it, it, like, they're trying to make it like a love interest. He's like, a comic a, book character, I believe, uh, see, he wants, Rick often worked with S.H.I.E.L.D., and he's actually the son of the Tinkerer, a.k.a. a Spider-Man villain. So, yes, the name is taken from that. Yeah, what a forgettable character. Well, he was so interesting because before the movie came out, everybody's like, oh, he's totally the Taskmaster. Because he's the only other character on there that we don't know, and we haven't seen who the villain is, so he's the Taskmaster. Ah, they got So him. I watched it the whole time thinking... Oh, he's not, but who is? And so when they did the reveal at the end of her, I was kind of like, I mean, I got it, you know, a couple minutes beforehand when they were talking about the daughter and everything. I'm like, oh, maybe that's, you know, once I realized like, oh, so then he was never the one. Because if you go back and look at articles from a year and a half ago when this movie was supposed to come out. I'm not going to do that. They're, they're, do it now. No, they, uh, they, there was like, he's, he's clearly the taskmaster. He's clearly the taskmaster. He and they're clearly wrong. And also they say it in that Aged article like that it's pronounced Budapest. Oh, get out of here. <laughs> When it, so this movie is actually a funny movie. There's some really funny moments in this movie. Some finally, really finally funny a, moments. A, but a Marvel movie that's got comedy. Finally, it's true. The when when Yelena is making fun of the way Natasha poses. Yeah, is funny. hysterical. And then the way she, she does delivers later, the lines. Yeah. What's that? And then when she does the pose later, calling oh, herself yeah. a poser. Which they, I guess they when they shot that they actually the writer said that they thought it might be funny if she falls through the ceiling and instead of landing in that pose, she like falls backwards and like can't do the pose. And then they said, no, I think it's funnier if we do the pose. But so oh, they, I think did, it's they, went back and, they went back and forth with that. It's such a slam on the air. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> you think everyone's watching you? It's because they made it for a movie. I thought it was, I thought it was really well done. So we in the prison here, right? We have the, this prison sequence and he's doing the arm wrestling and then he breaks the one guy's arm. That's another... Ill moment where you see the arm just flopping around like come on <laughs> he broke the arm of marvel's first no get out of here character i read that too that he came out like i'm marvel's first villain the bear or ursa whatever. well he is ursa the bear which in the team of the the soviet fighting team ursa major is a guy who can turn into a bear and he's a mutant in the comics just because you have the name does not make that guy you was huge well, that yeah, doesn't. There's a big. Guess what? He's not a mutant in real life, Jerry. He's a, just a big dude. He was very hairy. He looked like a bear. He looked like a bear. I thought there's a little bit of a missed opportunity here, maybe, for them to not be like, oh, this is also the prison where Whiplash was. No, I don't think it's missed opportunity. I think it's a missed I think opportunity. It's, I think the movie's long and it didn't need to do that. No, I'm not. I, it, the, I also think it makes makes the oh, world one smaller. Oh, because one one sentence or one visual like thing somewhere would have made the Joel, movie 12 minutes longer. What is longer. Whiplash's real name? Uh, Drake, uh, what's his name? Exactly. You mean the, that's the actor? Why, no, no, that's easy. I want to know, without looking it up, what's the character of Whiplash's name? Because we don't even know it, and we do a freaking podcast on Marvel. So to actually throw in a line there saying, oh, this is where uh, Kostakovsky Viluskus was at, well, we'd be like, it's who the Ivan, heck is that? It's Ivan Yanko. Uh, yeah, you Bingo. had to look it up. So I did that's why that's up. why you don't put that they made the correct decision not to do that. Well, I'm sorry, I don't understand. I don't I don't Russian names say, are hard for exactly. me. Exactly. So why would they put it in? Because then you go, you I read it. And then another guy goes, What? You mean the guy they call Whiplash? No, no. Wink or it could have camera? been a picture on the wall. Or it could have oh. been anything. The fact that yeah. they called this guy they, they had this guy whose arm gets broken and we're talking about him being bare or potentially mutant shows how little they could have done to get, you know, a name in there. And you don't have to know it right off the bat, but it could have been something after going You said it's missed opportunity i do I, it could have been like oh that's the same cell that you know whiplash was in or something i thought it would have been because we've been in a russian prison before 
you know, and I like the fact that they didn't do it because that way the world is bigger because of this. That's fair, and, I, and that, that's that, that's that's fine. I, they didn't have to do it. I just thought it would have been cool if they would have done it. So, yeah. uh, speaking of characters, what do you think of uh, Yelena Belova, the new Black Widow or possibly White Widow? What do you think about the or conversation? Black um, or we don't know what, what <laughs> spider she's exactly, going to go by. You're absolutely right. What do you think about the conversation being that this is a transition movie for her versus a Scarlett Johansson movie, which I I think she was great in it, but I don't feel like it was like oh it's like it's clearly it's a hand it's handing it over to her kind of a situation. I mean the end credit scene, which we'll get to, is but throughout the movie I never felt it was like oh they're 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 setting her up and blatant. I felt it was just like no she's just one of the characters in this movie, but it's clearly Natasha Romanoff's movie. What did you think? I think it's both their movie because it's really it, it's her story and. It's partly her story where she's got to go and rest. But did you people. feel like, oh, this is clear? I'm because I'm here. You, there are people who are saying it's clearly a handing off to her. I don't think it's clearly a Good, handing off right. to her. But I mean, if she goes by Black Widow or White Widow, then yes, it was a handoff movie. If she goes by the same name as her sister, um, but no, I I think it's an introduction to this character. This you know this that when I said earlier in this podcast, the only thing this this movie did, I don't think it expounded on. Black Widow Natasha's character it didn't change her character, but it did introduce us to Yelena and the family. So it's a handoff to three actors, or yeah, it... I mean, potentially. Okay. I mean, are we going to see them again? I definitely think we'll see Yelena. Will we see the Red Guardian and we Mol- will. Molina? We will. There's talk. There's talk. There's there's that Between talk me and again. This guy, no, we were talking about. One. So we have this great. We have this prison sequence where they end up getting him out of prison with the avalanche. I'm. I'm assuming nobody died because of the avalanche. They all got buried inside that bunker, and then they came and dug well, them out. Yeah, exactly. It was like, wait a minute here. They just kill off all the guards and prisoners? Yeah. Hey, do you think uh, the Red Guardian fought Captain America the way he said? Well, the one guy said he couldn't have because he was still in the ice. So did he fight a different Captain America? Did he fight Isaiah? Can you imagine, or if, like, say, our Captain America at the end of, oh, I don't know, Avengers Endgame had a time thing where he had to go to all these different time periods. Maybe he was in a situation back there where he had to go to a time period. That would have been crazy. It could have been our Captain America is what I'm saying. If they decided to do a Captain America movie, like there's talk out there with getting Chris Evans to come back to tell the adventure that he does there in the same way that this was a telling the past movie about Black Widow. If we do a Chris Evans, you know, a, a Captain Steve Rogers movie where we get to tell one more story with him, how he gets together with Peggy and he's in the movie talking about flashback, he could fight. They could have a scene where he shows up in 1984 and has to fight him. Hmm. I mean, the, the first that, red you? flag is based on MCU time travel, saying that if he was to travel back in time, it's a different timeline or variant, as you will. Or it could be a multiverse thing where some other Captain America shows up through time travel. Yeah, or like him. I said, he fought. I'm just saying know, that Isaiah. he definitely could have fought Captain America. It can't, it doesn't necessarily, he does not, seems like he's just lying about oh, it. Oh, no, I definitely think he fought Captain America, but I don't know if he fought Steve Rogers. So then that would be a little retro. Like, why would they have somebody out there dressed as Captain America and never have they been mentioned It's a good question. I, Especially I'm since not... we just had a TV series called Captain America and Bucky, or the Winter Soldier. And this was the new Captain America, so Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm not. I don't know. I don't know how they're going to do it. But obviously, they have a plan for it, or they wouldn't have put it in there. All right. So I don't know about you, but the funniest scene in the movie was 
we have enough fuel to get there. And then the pl- the helicopter falls out. Very funny, funny gag. Anyway. I don't know why, but that that tickles that, me so <sighs> much. It just lands. <laughs> it was not a speed. Like it's everything. It's no. Perfect. It was a per- it was a perfect comedy bit. We have so they walk up and they they're going to see Melinda, who's working with pigs and everything. I thought this was a really sweet scene when Melinda finally sees the three of them again for the first time. When she her actual expression yeah, but she's already face. ratted them out at this point. Yeah, great acting. I thought it was really great acting, though, on her part. Yeah, one of the characters she plays in the comic books is Iron something. She's like the Iron Maiden or uh, Madam Mask. I'm trying to remember what it is. Where she And there, people say you can see this behind her. You can actually see it in one of her cabinets there. But I think that's actually supposed to represent the face technology that they have. Oh, I thought that was 100% that's what it was. Yeah, but there are people like, oh, no, 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 that's these the, people, that's the mask. Who are these people, Jerry, that you The intranets. To? These two people? This one or person? Or as they pronounce it, intranets. Intranets. <laughs> well done. So uh, we also get a scene here where we find out Natasha wasn't abandoned. She was actually stolen. Mm-hmm. And her mother tried to get her back forever until she died. Uh, interesting. Inter- this is a character development for Natasha. It doesn't have any impact whatsoever on the future of Natasha. She doesn't go around looking for her mother's grave or anything like that. She just, we just find out about this. Yes. Jerry, who would win in a fight? The Widows or Me. the Dormelage? Uh, the Dormelage. <laughs> you think so? Uh, in these political times we live in, absolutely. Or the Amazonians. Uh, in these political times we live in. Uh, I love how we, we have these armies of women. And I, now that's wrong. It's just interesting how like we, we have three of them in comic books, three prominent ones. Did you think that at the end when Natasha makes that crack as Ross, uh, General Ross and the troops are coming in, she makes a crack about the cavalry arriving? Do you think she's referencing Melinda May being no. part of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? No, it's a stretch. No. <laughs> I thought another funny scene, and I laughed at it more the second time because I was really the, the whole the whole dinner sequence was really wonderful. I thought the the dynamics there at the table was great when it they was walked fine. when when Yelena walked away, went to a room, and then the Red Guardian followed her in. I thought it was really funny when they were talking, and she's mad at him, and then she calls him the 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 Crimson Dynamo. I thought it was he. He could not stop himself from correcting her. He really wanted to. He wanted to be like, don't say anything. Don't say anything. Red Guardian, get out of here. <laughs> it was just so, he wanted to so badly not say anything. And just the reaction on his face that he had to say it. The Crimson Dynamo is actually awesome. a different villain hero of the Soviets. Uh, in the comic books, it was uh, Anton Venko, uh, who actually has already been used as a character for that's whiplash ivan vanko's father from iron man 2 oh so you do remember the name well yeah because i'm looking at an article in front of me (laughs) but the crimson dynamo shows up you know there's different people in different armors and the fact that we have a tv series coming out called armor wars have a lot of people speculating that maybe the crimson dynamo will be showing up in that one as one of the people who have taken some of stark tech for their own uses so they get taken by the red room widows or I don't know. They're, they're actually not widows. Maybe this the the henchmen in masks. And we, we go to the helicarrier, which was a cool surprise. Those aren't widows because we see those guys flying around at the end during the right. giant drop. It's like we don't know anything about them. Other they're than just they're henchmen. Cool. Yeah, they've got cool armor. We get to see the helicarrier, the Russian version of it, which I thought was very clever. 
I thought that was a really interesting thing. I mean, it, it's not anything grand, but it's cool that Again, they, our villains' motivations make it. no sense. Yeah. Uh, did you like the fact that the, the whole helicarrier, look, it's really cool and, you know, sci-fi and everything, except when we're in the quarters where uh, the bad guy is at, it looks like, you know, 1970s Soviet paneling on the wall. Clearly, that's where his comfort level is, is that look. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. That circuit, that Speaking thing. of which, his office, he has a picture. I'm a... Is that Rasputin, the por- a portrait of Rasputin in the background? That's how I interpret it, yeah. That's what I took it as, too. Rasputin. Did you, by the way, when watching this, did you get the fact that Draco's daughter was a reference to Avengers, the first Avengers? Hmm? In the first Avenger, when Natasha is talking to Loki when he's a prisoner, and he goes, you, you really going to be able to get all that red out of your ledger? Mm-hmm. And he goes, Draco's daughter? And he says Draco's daughter in Avengers. Oh. That's, that's awesome. See, that's kind of stuff I love. I know yeah. Budapest was never answered. No, Budapest. But, this, but that's where Draco's daughter. But that, they get took that. Yeah, Fun. I didn't know that until afterwards. I'm like, oh, that's right. He does say that. And I've seen that scene a hundred times, oh, yeah. and I didn't didn't connect in there. I also didn't realize when we were watching it when she's wearing the vest. The whole vest conversation oh, was yeah. fun and everything. I'm like, I was turning to it's Nick. I go, vest. I go. Did she wear that vest in Infinity War? And we're like, she does. I think I'm not sure. And then we're like, oh yeah, she did. Just never really. It was never a focal point in Infinity War the way it was a focal point in this movie. I thought the the face swap with the mask was well done. Did not see it coming, because obviously I didn't pick up on the mask in the background of that scene. So I'm not thinking about the mask, the masks in this movie. So I thought they yeah, did a really I, good I job. I figured out that. ten seconds before the reveal, just by the dialogue, I'm like, no, oh, it's got to be her. Well, of course, it's got the dialogue. Yeah. He, when he it's goes, be, yeah, ten seconds yeah. before the reveal, he goes, yeah. I can look saying, into my daughter's I'm eyes. I'm saying I'm ten seconds ahead of everybody. Well, now that part, of, uh, <laughs> he found out before you, Jerry. So the villain's even smarter than you. There you go. <sighs> All right. So can you sever the nerve in your nose and then you know just pop your nose back in well, place no, and you can Je- smell uh, again? Friend of the show, Jeff. He goes, based on this. Natasha had no smell in Infinity War or Endgame. She went the entire movie without having a the uh, nerve has been uh, severed. To be able to the ability to smell, and then we got into a conversation of I was like, well, that's why she can be around Thor because there's a scene in uh, in uh, Endgame when they walk in and Rocket and Hulk are like, oh, it smells terrible in here. It's because Thor is very stinky at this point, and I was like, that's why Natasha can be around him because she can't smell anything. And then he goes, I think. Rocket actually probably smells worse. And then we got a conversation of what is this? Who's the stinkiest Avenger? It's a terrible conversation. Is it Hulk? Is it Hulk? It's probably Hulk. So another question is obviously, she could have people are like, well, why didn't she just shove cotton or something up her nose so she doesn't able to smell? And my response is then she's like walking around going, listen, Draco, <laughs> <laughs> which would have been awesome. No, they make a point of saying like I can hold my breath, and she's like, that's not the way smell works. Like it automatically will hit you. The smell will still go through the cotton. You know, you can put cotton in your ears, but you're still going to hear stuff. Yeah, I know. But you put cotton in your nose. I think you put nose plugs in, like, people who work at, uh, like, mortuaries and, and stuff like that. Or swimmers. Yeah. Like, when they have nose plugs, so they can't breathe through their nose. Yeah, maybe. I mean, but. Uh, and then at the end, when they're done, effect. they have those nose plugs, and they hold their mouth, and then they blow, and all of a sudden, you know, those things shoot right out. <laughs> it is awesome. I love that they make those sounds. And that the was Red the Guardian, thinking he has an earpiece in. Is comedy gold. Yeah, it was good. Comedy gold. I, I can't hear you. All right, I, I know you can't, but he starts, you don't have an earpiece. It's brilliant. That's why, Jerry, that's why they have to touch their ears to make sure they have the earpiece in. <laughs> yep. I just love that earpieces have been a thing on this Bennett Brothers podcast since the beginning. It's great. Are we at the post credit scene yet? No. 
Damn it. So we have part of Natasha's plan is to activate Ross's tracker. The tracker she took off and gave back to Ross. Right? She took that off at the beginning of the movie and goes and they find like here's Natasha's tracker. Mm-hmm. Did she get another tracker? She knows how to She built a tracker? She set it up to get them to show up there. Well, I get that, but she said she was going to activate Ross's tracker, and I was like, hmm, I guess Ross had another tracker out there that she's been carrying. I thought that that was a mistake. Why didn't she just go with her her family? Does it have something to do with the fact that that missing scene that happens between there and two weeks later, is that she setting up something? We have no idea. How did she get away from Ross? Because she made a deal with him, so that... Did she? I don't know. And then she, she goes back on the run, and then Ross is, wants her arrested again in Infinity War. Or maybe War. Ross just wants to say, like, hey, keep an eye on Rogers out there. Eh, I don't knows? know. Who knows? Uh, I want to point out when, when Natasha breaks her nose back, puts it back into place. She breaks her nose, like, when she slams down. Like that, yeah. Ew. Ew. That's another ill moment in this movie. And we had that great bat, the great falling sequence. So I thought it was awesome. The battle in the sky and all that. But then I went... What she when she when she lets out, lets her lets go of Clinton and she dies on on the one planet to get the soul stone. Mm-hmm. Yet she fell from a height way higher and is able to survive that. Uh, I don't know what's going on here. Come on, she could survive. No, I'm just kidding. It, it, it was, I thought it was a great little battle sequence though. So yeah, so then we talk about she shows up at the end. We see that she gets the uh, Quinjet. Quinjet that she has in Infinity War. We hear the Avengers theme as she's going off to hook up with Cap so that they can then go free well, they don't really free Hawkeye and Ant-Man because those two make a deal. So they basically just go off and free Sam from the raft. Which is yeah, weird. And she, and she gets blonde hair. Yes, and I thought that was fine. And then we get the mid credit scene, which not people are speculating if this was reshot or whatnot within the last year and uh because this was supposed to be our first introduction to julie louise dreyfus's character of valentina allegra de fontaine who now we actually got to meet the very first time in falcon and the winter soldier it was a fine scene i was almost waiting to see like natasha because this this is a scene that obviously takes place after Endgame. endgame It's sometime you know the only thing we've seen after Endgame at this point are the two are the three TV series, and Spider-Man: Far From Home. So mm-hmm. we don't know where this connects into it. It feels like the character of Valentina Allegra de Fontaine is setting up a possible Dark Avengers group, as she now has a Captain America and she has a Black Widow. Maybe she's organizing a team. Maybe she gets an Abomination. Yes, I mean, it could be the Thunderbolts, which is a bunch of villains posing as heroes. It could be the Dark Avengers, which were, again, a bunch of villains posing as heroes. There's connections of maybe she's going to tie uh, Ilana into the Young Avengers. I don't know about that. Uh, We do know that she is going to be showing up in the new Hawkeye series. In fact, they revealed today that she's going to be in probably a bunch of episodes and we saw a picture of Clint at the end of this because she was told that Hawkeye is the one who killed her, which we know is not true. But the Hawkeye series is filming right now or done filming and will be out before the end of the year. I think if I was to show someone the MCU and take them through that, I would show them this movie after Civil War and then without showing them the ending. It sounds like a lot of work. 
to like like show the movie and then stop. You have to be there. Oh, to stop that'd be, that'd be then so you hard say, to, you to say, stop hey. a movie, Jerry. Like actually hit the button. The stop no, but then you then you have like, okay, now watch these other films. I'm gonna have to sit through these films with you. So you're talking hours and hours of your time, and then go, okay, now we got to go back to this one. That just seems wait to watch the MCU again. All at one setting with having someone over there. I mean, who would do it all in one sitting? But you just said, you know, if I had, first off, I assume you had to find one, some person, so you had to do it fast. Well, I do plan. A, I, I am in the process of adopting a kid, so <laughs> at some point, this kid's gonna have to watch all the MCUs. So. And you're gonna do that. You're gonna split them up like that. I think I would. I, I no, I go by release date. No, I don't think. I, unless I think you go in uh, order. unless something changes. I don't want. I don't think Eternals coming before all of this should be the first mm. movie you watch. I don't think Captain America. I've already made my argument should be on before this podcast. Iron Man. I've already made the argument on this podcast that this movie does nothing and you could watch it after Civil War and I think it would that at least would give you a little bit more meaning to when she lets go of Clint's hand in Endgame. Okay. But, so, but other than that, I don't think this again, I don't think this movie does I guess, anything well, for I guess the, Okay, I mean, if you're going to this argument, and I'm just picking at this because it's fun. I know you are. So, so we're watching Endgame and you're in the movie and it's incredible and then there's that scene where the cosmic cube goes and hits Loki and he goes, Phew. so then you stop Endgame and then you watch the Loki series That'd be awesome before you go back to the rest of Endgame. But the problem is, is we don't know how long the Loki series, how much time takes place during the Loki well, series. Well, by the time this kid gets to that age, we should have that information. So I cannot wait till I'm going to be like, you got to stop Endgame right now. Go spend two seasons in Loki or four seasons, and now you can go back to Endgame. I think that sounds like a good time. I think you're insane. I think that sounds like... This this goes into how, how do you how do you watch Star Wars now? You do you watch do you still watch four, five, and six? And yes. Two, do you watch one, two? Do you watch four, five, and six, or do you watch Rogue One, four, five, and six? No, you watch four, five, and six. Then you watch a little bit of the first one. You watch the end of the second one. You watch all the third one. Then you watch Rogue One. You don't watch Solo, and you watch Rogue about twenty five minutes next. of the then it was, sequels. Uh, but then it was Force Awakens before oh, I know. Rogue One. How do you, I thought you watch it as the way it comes out. Oh, right? I'm inconsistent. <laughs> that's the, the line of everything oh i mean inconsistent that's oh oh my god that years years of of being your brother has just come weight the weight off my shoulders oh yeah, yeah. Oh, do I'm as i say not as i do i'm inconsistent <laughs> that's true oh that's amazing that there was only, amazing. Uh, the last thing i'll say on this I think you mentioned that but the writers talking about making this movie. There was a chance where they were at one point talking about different countries when they were showing all of the black widows all around the world. They were going to actually be a reference to Latveria, which is the fictional home of Dr. Doom. And they might have done that the same way we kind of saw in Iron Man 2. We saw a map and it looked like there was a place in Africa, which turned out to be Wakanda. They, there was talk of doing it, but that was cut before they actually filmed it. So did talking about this change your opinion on the movie? Uh, not really. I think it's the same. I, you know, you. I still stand by the fact. I think it could have been a, uh, a better movie. I have but no I problem with the fact that she's dead, and that people have said, "Well, she's dead, so it doesn't really matter," and everything. I don't mind that. It's like you know, because because oh, again, I don't, I don't mind that again, either. They could do a young Tony Stark movie. They could do a, another Steve Rogers one because even though their stories are ending, just like Young Indiana Jones, I totally exactly. understand. No, I, I I agree that I, that doesn't bother me that she that she's dead. I just think it could have been something different. This movie could have been even more different. Than I think you're right. Uh, the the and in regards to the villain's motivation, uh, does that mean I need to spend more time with the villain and less screen time with her and her family? Maybe, but you know, do you want to do that? Sometimes they're looking at it and they go like, "Listen, we need we only have, you know, 
so many minutes to do this and so many minutes to do that. So the villain well, to, is going to get shortchanged versus the opposite sometimes happens in a movie like Batman 89 where they spend more time with the villain and less time with Batman so that, you know, you know more about the Joker and less about your hero. So it's hard to maybe find that right mix. I think they had a couple of lines from previous movies. Dr- Dracov's daughter, you know, you remember, you and I remember Budapest way differently. I think they have those lines and then they added that to this movie and that's what they base this movie on. And I think that's fine, but they never planned to make this movie. And it feels that way. Well, again, that's that whole thing. If I start talking about outside the movie and the origin of all of that, it boils down to certain people who are no longer in that position who could say we shouldn't make uh, a female film because it won't sell toys. And that's the rumor that seems to have some validity. But... That's neither here nor there, because we're done talking about Black Widow. Will there be a Black Widow 2? There could be. She has five years in between the Avengers films, which, again, you go back to a different time. She could have an adventure with her family. Do we see that movie? I believe we're going to find out at some point. uh, Kevin Fahey, 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 he said that we're going to find out if if Yelena was blipped or not. Yes. So there'll be more with this. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see financially if it's covered too. But I hear it did great. That's a hard. We could kill. Plus. Yeah, we could kill ten minutes and still not get to an answer to that. So we're not going to do it. Instead, we're going to say thank you for listening. Uh, coming up in our podcast feed will probably be the Suicide Squad. I believe that's going to be before What If. I could be wrong. Joel will look it up right now to find out. No, I won't. What if? I'm just kidding. But what if? Suicide Squad comes out August 6th. That's going to be the next one we talk about. Because what if I know comes out in the teens of August something. So that will be our next podcast. Unless we do another Patreon podcast for our minicast. Which Joel is all about doing that. So we'll try and get one of those out in between. Do you have a subject you'd like to talk about? Let us know. You're the audience. Both. All right. Yeah. Thank you. I heard you guys History. yelling out the window right now, and you just said, talk about yogurt. That's weird, but we'll do it. Our favorite yogurts. Are they talking about yogurt from Spaceballs? No. no I think that's yogurt. Um, and that's where we're going to Nice. <laughs> oh, we were ending it there. That was perfect. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. I'm Jerry. I'm Joel. We'll talk to you next time.